Once again, I was wrong. You know, I, I thought the Warriors would be doing a gentleman's sweep on these Raptors. Got that wrong. You know, this is this is just really interesting to me, man. I uh, I didn't expect this series of events to happen. And I say this because of this. Here, here are the reasons. Okay, so Cousins didn't show up. Livingston didn't show up. I knew Clay was hurt. But I thought he was going to play. But it was about, it was about 540 when it was declared that he wasn't going to play. So that changed. So I, but even, even, even after game two, I was like, okay, as long as, as long as Clay's healthy, as long, I mean, excuse me, as long as Steph is healthy, then, you know, as long as Steph is healthy and Draymond is healthy, they'll, they'll be okay. But that just, that just, that just wasn't it. It, it wasn't enough. You couldn't have told me DeMarcus Cousins was going to have four points. You couldn't have told me Sean Levinson would have four points. Combined, they were one for 11 and played 36 minutes. Cousins had three turnovers, one steal, two assists, three rebounds, two for three on free throws. And one for seven shooting. Sean Livingston was one for four, two for two on free throws, two rebounds, two assists, two fouls. That you you can't play like that in the finals. You can't play like that. You you have to be better. It shouldn't it shouldn't have been like this. Steph, I thought when I heard when I heard Clay was gonna be out. My immediate thought was, okay, Steph is going to play 45, 46 minutes. He played 43. He went 14 for 31, 6 for 14. Uh, 14 for 31 from the field, 6 for 14 from behind the arc, 13 of 14 from the stripe. He had 8 rebounds. He was the He had the most rebounds on the whole team. Draymond was second with seven. Steph cannot be your leading rebounder. That shouldn't be. That's not his job. He had, Curry had seven assists, two steals, three turnovers, and had 47 points. He, he kept them, he kept them in this. He kept them in this. But it just it just wasn't enough. Um Yeah, this this I'm still I'm still taking it in. I, I can't believe that you know the Warriors because I really I genuinely thought it would be a sweep. I thought it'd be a gentleman's sweep. But that that's not gonna happen. It's gonna at least go to six games. And if the Warriors win next game, which I think they will, 
that means we have a seven-game series, most likely. And I mean, I I mean, I'll take it any day because, as I say, I want to see as much basketball as possible. But I'm hoping, you know. I'm hoping the Warriors get it together, and and I mean, I can't even imagine what Eastern Conference upon Eastern Conference teams are thinking right now. Like, just imagine what the Celtics are thinking, the Sixers are thinking. Um, who else? Just just all just all these teams that had a chance against to go against the Warriors, the Bucks. Think like think about that. The Warriors are very, very vulnerable right now. Very vulnerable. They only have... You have Curry. And you have Draymond. You have no Kevin Durant. Who, according to a report... And it may or may not be true. But he hasn't even been cleared to practice yet. He hasn't even been cleared to practice. You have a hurt Clay Thompson. He may play next game. I think he will. Because, because the next, because game five is in Toronto. And those fans are going to be, you know, letting them hear it and calls are going to be going the Raptors way. You just, man, I, I just don't know. I just, I don't know. I, I can't even imagine. You know, it's like this, and like just think, just think about LeBron. Think about LeBron. LeBron has gone against this team four times in the finals. He's been successful one time in bringing a championship to Cleveland. But you know, just just think of it. Just think of him now. He's like, what if I had a chance at these at these Warriors? He might be thinking, what if I stayed in Cleveland? Just, just he, I, I'm, I'm serious. The Warriors are very vulnerable. But, you know, Steph, Steph, he showed up and he showed out. But he needs help. He's only one guy. Seth, he, he's not supposed to get eight rebounds. It's nice that he did, but that's not his job. Draymond, Iguodala, Cousins. Cousins had three rebounds. Three. That's that's just, that's inexcusable. Inexcusable. He needs help. He was a minus, Curry was a minus eight. Jordan Bell. Two points. Jonas Drebko, six points. McKinney, three. Jones, nothing. Bogut, six. Quinn Cook, nine. Evans, zero. And Clay didn't play because of a strained hamstring. Curry needs help. He can't do it by himself. He cannot do it by himself. These role players, you 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 have to step up. And and the the number one guy I'm looking at is Andre Iguodala. 
you need more than 11 points. You have you have to step up. And the reason I say this is because you were given the finals MVP just because you slowed LeBron down while he was averaging what? 36, 13, and 9? So you didn't really accomplish anything. But you were given a finals MVP. So I'm, I'm looking at you wondering where, where you are. Curry has been robbed of a finals MVP. The one that Andre got, that should have gone to Steph. KD's won two in a row. This this is this this is not fair to Steph. He shouldn't have to carry this load by himself. He shouldn't have to do this. He he needs all the help he can get. Because I'm I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be honest. If Durant doesn't play next game, I think he's. I don't think he's going to play the series. I don't think he's going to play in any game this series. Because you don't want to. You don't want to. You know. You're not. You don't want to hold on to your ace. Like this is this is the finals. Like if you are able to play, you play them. Like that. Like that's what you do. There's no. Use in holding on to them because this is the last round of the playoffs. Either you're a champion or you're not. They need help. They need help and I don't know where they're going to get it. Draymond had 17. They just, this, this isn't, this isn't good enough. This is this is unacceptable. This is un, this is unacceptable. I'm not I'm not even a Warriors fan. I actually I actually I actually tend to root against the Warriors. But I, I you know I, I feel bad for Steph. He did what he could. He put up 31 shots. As a team, the Warriors shot. Let me see. 91 times. He had a third of their shots. He had a third. That's huge. The second closest was Draymond. In four in fourteen attempts, Igadala eight, Cousins seven, Livingston four. Livingston, you can't shoot the ball four times. You can play. You you can play. You can ball. Yeah, you had that leg injury, but you know, you, you, you can play. You need, you need more than four points and you need to take more than four shots. Even if they're not going in, you need to take more than four shots. 17 minutes. And you're, you're a point guard. Again, I don't give, point guards are the last, they're the last position that I give slack to. I don't, I don't really give point guards slack. Because they are the extension of the coach. It's just, it's just, you have to, you have to do better. Quinn Cook, he had 27 minutes and he had nine points. 
He went four for nine. This this isn't okay. This this is not this is not okay. Steph needs help. Don't don't hang him out to dry. He wants he not only wants to be a championship. He he not only wants another NBA championship. He wants that Finals MVP. He's not going to say it straight out, but he wants it. He wants it. I would bet a hundred bucks that he wants it. I think I I think he's jealous of, especially Iguodala, especially of Andre Iguodala. Kevin Durant, understandable, understandable. He's he's arguably one of the you know arguably the greatest player in the league right now, most talented player in the league. But Andre Iguodala versus Steph Curry, and you give the Finals MVP to Andre Iguodala when LeBron still balled out. LeBron, LeBron, literally that series, he nearly averaged a triple double. Thirty six, thirteen, and nine. I want to say something close to that stat line. But you and you give it to the guy who guarded him. No. Kurt Steph wants that Finals MVP, and you know, it it would be devastating to him if he didn't get it. Because this is this is the last year for for these warriors at the top at the top like this. They'll still be a force to contend with. But Kevin Durant is gone after this. Clay might be gone. This this is it. This is this this is the last rodeo. There is nothing else. But the Raptors, you know, they, the starters showed out. They showed up. Siakam, 18. Kawhi, 30. Marcus Hall, 17. Lowry, 23. Danny Green, 18. Those are the stats that they need to get. That's, that's what they need. They had all but 17 points. So the starters had 106 points altogether. Let's see. They went 43 of 82. So 50. So they shot 52%. How many shots did the Warriors take? 91. The Warriors had nine more shot attempts than the Raptors. And lost by 14. That's crazy. 20 of 21 from the stripe as a team. 17 of 38. So 40, 45% from three as a team. That's good. A lot of things went the Raptors' way. I'm going to say this, man. And I know this, this isn't going to happen. I think it's very unlikely. But if the Warriors are in a position where they do not get Clay back and they do not get Kevin Durant back and it's just Steph Curry, 
and the Raptors can't find a way to win this series, I have nothing positive to say about the Raptors. I will have nothing good to say about Toronto because these Warriors are weak right now. This is, this is the stuff from Dream World. This doesn't happen in real life, but it, it, it's actually happening. Kevin Durant is out with a calf injury. Calf injuries, they're hard to come back. They're hard to come back from. A hamstring, when you, when you strain your hamstring, you're hurting and, and there's, there's nothing you can do about it. You can rehab, you can ice it, you can do whatever. It's just, it lingers. So the Raptors are in a fantastic position to pounce. Toronto, this is, this is your year. This is your year. You've, you had no LeBron to deal with. And you have a weak Golden State Warrior team. You're two games away from winning. You're two games away from winning. If the, if the Raptors, if the Raptors don't figure this out, you know, I, it, it's just, it's just going to be pretty rough. It's going to be pretty rough. And I, I don't know how the Raptors will come back f- from this. But, you know, it's, it's really interesting to see, man. I mean, pretty much, pretty much the entire team played. I mean, the, the Raptors were in a position where they had, they, Jeremy Lin got minutes. Excuse me, he got a minute. Jeremy Lin played. Like he, he was put into an NBA Finals game. That, that's how, that's how, that's how big this was. Patrick McCaw, he got two minutes. Jody Meeks, he got one minute. I mean, seriously. This is, this is huge. This is absolutely huge if, if you're the Raptors. Cause, I mean, look at it this way. If the Raptors win game three, excuse me, if they win game four, that means game, game five is in Toronto. You'll have the Warriors against the ropes at home in Toronto and you can win the championship in front of your fans. This is huge. This is, this is absolutely huge. I don't know. Hopefully the Raptors can do it, but I don't, I don't know if they will. I don't know. This, this has been a very interesting series. I haven't gotten much right the, in these playoffs, but you know what? I don't mind being wrong if it means more basketball, man. I have no problem with it. I love, I love when, you know, interesting things happen. Because the regular, the regular season, the NBA regular season, I don't watch. I mean, I'll watch a few games, but I'm, I really don't watch it and pay attention to it. And the re- one reason is because of the Golden State Warriors. 
I know that they were coming out of the West. Like I told people, you know, before the season even started, I said, I already know, I already know it's going to be Golden State and then you can take someone, you can take someone from the East and fill it in. Fill in the blank. That, that's going to be the finals. So to me, I don't care. I mean, it's, it's cool to see some NBA games in the regular season. But ultimately, I, I know they don't mean much. They don't mean much. Because it's all about, it's all about the playoffs. I like when interesting things happen. That's one of the reasons I love the NFL. I'm more of an NBA guy, but the NFL, it's like you can't, the only guarantee you really have is the Patriots. But each game means something. Aside from the preseason, because obviously the preseason doesn't mean anything. It's just, it's just a formality. But every game in the NFL means something. You can't, you can't just go lounging around and you can't guarantee you're going to be in. Because teams adjust, you know, rules change. There's so many things. In the NBA, I, I, I confess. I don't watch regular season basketball. It's too predictable for me. And it has been for the past, like, four years. Four or five years. It's just, it's just, it's just unreal. It's just unreal. The Warriors have been in this position so many, like, just time and time and time and time again. And it's, it's just, it's, it, it's gotten a little dry for me. And it, it really bothers me. So hopefully, you know, we can get it together. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see what, we'll see what happens next year. I know next, I believe next year is going to be more interesting because we don't know what's, this free, free agency is going to happen. And some, there's going to be so many different things. So I, I'm excited for next season, but you know, let, let's see how this let's see how this series ends. If the Warriors end up taking it, hats off to them. Congratulations. If the Raptors win, way to make history, man. You 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 dethrone the champions. You took advantage when they were weak, and 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 you you accomplished your goal. Good for you. Alright, so this, this next topic is, it's really, you know, it's pretty tough, I gotta say. Just, just in what it's about. You know, I've, I've lived in Southern California for most of, for pretty much my entire life. And, you know, I live, you know, I go to school in Sacramento, but, you know, when I'm not, when I'm not there, I'm down here in Southern California. And I'm very familiar with the Los Angeles area. And LA is a very, very interesting place. People think it's glamorous. People think it's amazing. But then once you actually 
come here and you 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 see what it is for for what it really is you don't have the aerial view and you're actually ground level you understand how bad of a state LA is in this homeless crisis man i don't know what to do about it i i don't the the numbers have gone up it's it's absolutely terrible. It's absolutely ter it's absolutely terrible and I just I don't know what to do. So this is according to KTLA. Or this this article. Well I have two articles, one from CNN and one from KTLA. Uh but the source I'm looking at right now is from the Los Angeles Homeless Services Authority. Okay, so in two thousand eleven the number of homeless people was uh, about 39,000. It was 39,414. In 2018, it's, it was 52,765. Now, it is 58,936. It's huge. I mean, it's real. It's so bad. I don't know if you've ever been to the Staples Center or have been near it. You know, you can look and you can look at Laker games and you know L.A. Kings games and Clipper games, and you can see you know the aerial view of Staples Center. But if you are ground level, I'm I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. You can be. You can see. You can see the Staples Center. You could like pretty much pick up a rock and throw it and you would be able to hit the staple center. And there are there are tents of homeless people nearby. Like like a couple of blocks. It's it's that bad. Like you see you see the staple center? It's it's a dump. It's a dump near the staple center. That's how bad it is. Don't even get me started on skid row. I mean, it is just, it's just unbelievable. It's absolutely unbelievable. And I don't know what to do about it. I, I have no idea. This is, this is an article according to CNN. And yes, I do read CNN. I, I, you know, I stay, I stay balanced. I, I'm not just on conservative you know, news sources, I, you know, I read from both sides. It, it's important. Okay, so, you know, you know, when people tell me, oh, you know, you're just, you only get your stuff from conservative sources. No, I don't. No, I don't. This is, this is from CNN. Her name is Maeve Rustin. The article is called Staggering Homeless Count Stuns LA Officials. Here we go. The stunning increase in homelessness announced in Los Angeles this week, up 16% over last year citywide, was almost an incomprehensible conundrum given the nation's booming economy and the hundreds of millions of dollars that cities, county, and state officials have directed toward the problem. But the homelessness crisis gripping LA is one that has been many years in the making with no easy fix. It's a problem driven by an array of complex factors, including rising rents, a staggering shortage of affordable housing units, 
resistance to new shelters and housing developments in suburban neighborhoods, and above all, the lack of a cohesive safety net for thousands of people struggling with mental health problems, addiction, and in some cases, recent exits from the criminal justice system that have left them with no other options beyond living on the streets. It's the height of contradiction that in the midst of great prosperity across the Golden State, we are also seeing unprecedented increases in homelessness, said L.A. County Supervisor Mark Ridley-Thomas, a key proponent in the of the 2017 county sales tax known as Measure H that is raising about $355 million annually for homelessness services over 10 years. You know, we're just talked about the mental health problems. You know, it's, it's living on the streets, it changes you. I've been blessed to never have to face that reality. But when you see some of these people on the streets, they, it's, it just brings tears to your eyes, man. I mean, some of these people are just not in their right mind. I mean, think about it. You're, you're homeless. You have, you, there, you have no home. You have no place to go. There's no one that wants you around. People, people don't want you around. And, you know, as I said before, I don't have a solution. To this issue. I have no clue. I have no clue how to fix this. I haven't, I mean, I mean, what do you do? Should taxpayer, should taxpayers foot a bill to, to house these people? I don't think so. In, in, in the homeless, with the homeless, you have different types of people. You have those who, uh, want to be homeless. You have those who have no other option but to be homeless, like they've tried everything, failed. You have, you know, the drug addicts. It, it, it's just, it's a hard thing to figure out. Do you, I mean, I mean, and where do you put them? No city wants them. Do you, do you build a building especially for them? It's just, I, I don't, I, I haven't figured out what to do. You know, my mom and I, we talk about this. We talk about it pretty often when we're, when we're in the car together. About, about what needs to be done. We don't know. You know, we try, we try figuring it out, but it's just, someone has, here's the problem. Somebody has to foot the bill. And also, these people have to go somewhere. And let's just be honest, let's have an honest conversation. People, most people don't want to be around homeless people. If they could, they would prefer never having to see homeless people. So where do you put them? Where do you put them? Because property property values will go down wherever you wherever you put them. No one, no one wants. I mean, I mean, do you do you give them like a public park or something? 
and you have to, and you like lock them in at nighttime and you let them out during the day. How do you regulate that? I, I just, there's so many things. There's so many things and I have, I have no clue what the answer is. You know, I, I'd love to hear you guys' comments on this because, you know, of all the things that I, I just, I don't, what sit, I mean, that is a huge amount of money that you're asking the taxpayers. And you're also asking a lot of, you know, cities to take that burden of, of having to pay that, of having to fund that project and putting homeless people, having a place for, designated for homeless people in their city. Because let me tell you something, you know, when the Olympics come around and the Olympics, I want to say, I can't remember when we host them. I don't know if it's, I think it's 2024 or 2028 when the Olympics are coming to LA. I cannot wait. I'm going to go. But when the Olympics come in, those homeless people are run out, run out of LA. We're, and the thing is, is, the thing is, people come in from all over the world. They get hotels and all of that. And it's like, you can't find these people. You can't, you, you cannot, it's hard to find a homeless person when there's a world, when there's a big event going on like the Olympics. And it's just like, it's, it's, I'm not trying to be, I'm trying, I'm not trying to be funny, but it's like a magic act. You can't find them. They pull, they pull like a Houdini on you. Like, like, where do they go? And then the Olympics are over and then they come back. It's, it's just, man, I, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a very difficult problem. I, I, I'm not a big supporter of government housing. It's, it's not the government's responsibility to, to house its citizens. It's, I, I just, I gotta figure this out. We, we, we have to figure this out. And I, I don't think that there's a solution. I don't think that there's a solution. Because, because I, I ask you this. What if you're lip, you know, what if, you know, you are a parent and you're trying to take your child to go get some, to go get some air and you go on a walk and you take them to the park and, you know, there's a bunch of homeless people near that park, near the park you're going to. You're probably not going to take your child to that park. You're probably not going to go to that park yourself. You're going to go somewhere else. Cause pe- I'm, I call it, call it hateful, call it whatever you want. We don't like being around homeless people. We don't. It's sad. It's unfortunate. But 
What do we do? People thought of rent control. No, rent control, it's not a good idea. Because then it's hard to find housing. It's just, it's just, it's just difficult. I'm not, I'm not sure what the solution is. I have, I have no clue. I don't know. I just, I just don't know. It would, it's almost like this, okay, this, this is just off the top of my head right now. Okay. Here, here's a possible solution. And this is, this is absolutely crazy. And this would never actually happen, but this is just off the top of my head as I'm talking into the mic right now. You take, you take a piece. This, this is going to sound so stupid. It's going to sound so stupid. I can't believe I'm about to say this. You take a big piece of land, like the size of a state. Take like, uh, let's see. Take like Missouri, something the size of Missouri or Kansas. You clear those people out. Who live there and you just designate that state or that land for homeless people that that was that was my idea just now is it stupid absolutely would it work no it wouldn't not at all but I I I, I don't know I really 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 don't know It's, it's, it's a very, it's a hard situation. I mean, you've got, you've, you've got people who, they're undesirables. People don't want to be around them. People don't want to be around, you know, potential drug addicts, you know, they're dirty, they're smelly. They just, they just, They're, they're flat out undesirable in terms in terms of society's eyes and there's really nothing there's I don't think there's anything that can be done about it it's it's just I don't know I, I know I, I know I keep repeating myself and I know I'm probably getting annoyed by now but I'm sitting here and I'm trying to think what can possibly be done? I'm telling you, if you've never, if you've never been to LA, just go to LA. I mean, you know, there's different parts of LA. There's, there are the nice parts that you do see. Some of them, yes, they're nice. You know, you go near like UCLA. It's nice. Brentwood. That's a good area. Good looking people, celebrities, UCLA. It, it's a nice area. USC. Is nasty. USC is nasty. It's just, it's just, it's, it's like two different worlds, man. It's like two different worlds. I just, I, we gotta, we gotta figure this out, man. But I'm telling you, if you've never been to LA, 
I would, I would, I suggest, you know, I would say just come through one day and just, just take a day because what you see, what you see on TV, especially if you live in the Midwest where you don't really have anything, you know, you have a lot of land and you know, things are cheap out there, but you know, you, you, you don't, you, let's just be real. You don't have anything out there. Come to LA, just take like, you can't be in LA for a long time. Just take like three days, just take like a three day vacation and just explore LA, just explore different LA areas. Sunset Boulevard, Restaurant Road, you know, downtown LA, you know, see the different parts of LA and you will understand what what it is. It's very sad. It's very sad to see. And it, it, it really, it really changes your perspective. Cause I, I always find it funny when you see, you know, glamorous things. Being here, you know, being here in Southern California and seeing things on TV about LA, you know, seeing like, you know, the palm trees, you know, you know, people with sunglasses, everyone's happy, everyone's nice. It, it's, it's really funny to look at on, t- on TV. It's just like, you know, the, you know, the rest of the world sees that and they think LA is just this amazing place. No, no, it's not. It's cool. It's cool depending on where you go for like a day. Possibly two. But that's about it. It, it's, it's, it's really rough and, you know, I, I don't, I don't know the solution. It'll really change your perspective on what, what LA really isn't just what is going on here to, to figure out. I mean, I, I would say this, whoever, whoever can figure out this solution, whoever, whoever can figure out a solution that would work and that would be, I don't know, that would pretty much please everyone, which is pretty hard to do. Give that person a Nobel Prize. Give them, a, give that person a Nobel Prize. Because I, I can't think of a solution. I, I honestly believe if you took the greatest minds in the world and just locked them in a room, they wouldn't be able to come up with an answer. Not, not, not an answer that would work. Or one that hasn't been, or one that hasn't been tried already. Because I'm telling you, there, it's just a huge ripple effect. It's absolutely huge. If you were, if you were to designate a place to keep, to keep homeless people, those property values go down. People don't want to visit those areas because they don't want to be around homeless people. It, so, so what do you do? What, what do you actually do? Do you, do you make taxpayers have to foot the bill? Well, now, I mean, now, you know, homelessness has a little bit, has an incentive. Because now, now you have a place where they can go and they can, they can live and be taken care of. At, you know, at a, at a minimum. And then the question is, how do you determine who gets in and who doesn't?
it's just it's 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 just a big situation man and i don't i don't believe that i don't believe there is any solution i don't think it'll ever be solved i think it's going to be one of those things that it just gets worse over time it just gets worse over time i i can't see any way where it gets better i don't i don't see it happening i really don't Hopefully we can figure it out, but I doubt it.